0: This week, the number one show on Netflix was Jupiter's Legacy. Hey, Justin. Yes, Dave. Why are people watching this?
1: I really don't know, but let's
0: figure it out. Here's the official Netflix synopsis for Jupiter's Legacy, Episode 1. Brandon's attempt to live up to his father's high expectations suffers a blow. Sheldon's carefree life as the boss's son comes crashing down in 1929.
1: Yeah, okay, I, I think we can do better than that, Dave. I am now ready to hear your better synopsis. Give me your synopsis, I need your synopsis.
0: Give me your synopsis, I need your synopsis now. Okay, this is my synopsis of Jupiter's Legacy, Episode One. <laughs>
1: You're already saying it in such a way that it sounds cool, but it's not. I'm sure your summary, your synopsis is cool, the show, not so much.
0: Go ahead. In this banal gaze into the internal drama of a superhero family, we see what can happen when you can spot a dime on the moon, but you can't see that your kids are fed up with your constant droning on about the code and being held up to an impossible level of perfection. Lots of punching, pouting, and angry fly-offs punctuate this clash of the new generation against old-timey morals and wistful nostalgia for a time when superheroes were just good folks who could fly.
1: Wow, that, Dave, that was poetic.
0: I- yeah, I felt, I felt really. Uh, there was a lot in this that, for me, that was quite. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of things going on here.
1: There's a. <laughs> that's one way to describe it. There's too many things going on. Also, a better way to describe it. So, um,
0: what's you must have a, a okay. synopsis. Here we
1: go. <clears throat> Let me get on the mic here. In a world where every other person appears to be Superman, <laughs> a tall guy in a bad wig and confusing facial hair will learn the truth that he is, in fact, a bad father. <laughs> So that's my <laughs> that's my synopsis yeah, so th-
0: that's definitely more succinct I think yeah right
1: so this this Dave as you know is the number one uh show on Netflix worldwide worldwide yeah, yeah. which we know we've been using uh, what's on netflix.com to, to look at all the different Netflixes and pick the number one show for some reason this week this was the number one show on planet Earth wow believe it or not
0: yep it was up there at- it was still there on number three today in canada
1: i mean so people like this people love this okay well then i guess this is an opportunity for the next segment
0: <laughs> that was okay i guess Okay, what what was okay for you in this? I, on, I didn't. Okay, let me just say I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Can I just clarify something? Yes. Are you you're a fan of fantasy? Are you a, i I've never pegged you as a superhero fan. I think
1: you are correct there. I I do like the occasional superhero thing, mm-hmm. but there's just so many of them these days that i'm learning to resent them and in fact after watching this i was like this is it i don't want to ever see another superhero ever again in my life
0: but there were some things that you absolutely loved about this no
1: there were things (laughs) that were okay i guess and that was the you know the scene because we only watched the first episode the fighting scene yeah where they're running around beating up people i'm like it looks it looks really ridiculous on one hand i thought Mm -hmm. um like silly but also kind of cool i was kind of into it and then unexpectedly gory. Yes. Like, which I, which I was, I was like pretty shocked by the Mm. grossness of it. And so I didn't know how I felt about it. And so at least I was surprised by that. And that was neat. Yes. So that was my number one thing. And I guess the thing that I liked, although it was kind of clumsy, was this basic idea that these superheroes in their Justice League knockoff group Mm. um, had decided that they weren't going to intervene In human affairs, even though they are humans, (laughs) right? It's like uh, they're not going to do anything political. They're not going to, like, stop the Nazis. They're not going to interfere with politics or really. They just
0: want to stop bank robbery.
1: Yeah, it's really limited to petty crime, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. they're like, okay. Vagrancy. Yeah, we'll stop the vagrants from, from sleeping rough. That's about the extent that they're. No, but I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that they're like, "Look, we're not going to intervene," but now things have gotten so bad that we might have to intervene. That's the premise of the first episode. I don't know what happens after this.
0: But really, World War Two? Yeah, that they, was, it didn't get bad enough. They, they didn't to... take a stance on World War Two.
1: <laughs> I that that was a that was that was hard to stomach. <laughs> yeah, um, which is one of these things about superheroes. Like, if you're a superhero and you're living through these times, like, my God like the holocaust like step up bro like yep. help a brother out why am i talking like this <laughs> anyway <laughs> <help a bro. laughs> <laughs> what am i doing <laughs> and anyway the point is superheroes like there are some clear things that you can intervene it's like it's like if you're studying animals in nature right and you're supposed to not intervene even when something terrible is happening that's kind of their scientific kind of code right which fi- okay fine but also like are you going to watch like babies being murdered and then be like, nah, I don't just let them figure it out.
0: The code, the code is very important. You don't understand how important the code is. Nobody understands what the code is or how
1: important it is. Cause they don't explain it. At least not in the first episode, other than don't kill people trying to kill you. And the who just murdered your friends. That's part of the code.
0: Yeah. Anyway, what about you, Dave? What did you like? I actually, there were some things about this. I liked
1: Okay, you sound surprised. I'm surprised. Everyone is
0: surprised. <laughs> I mean, they're minor things, but I was glad they were in there. Okay. Um, for one, okay, so Paragon, uh, Brandon, you know, the son, he's sitting in, he's sitting in the bar, in the, in the, the Greasy Spoon, and he's just watching the TV. Yeah. And the uh, waitress says, mm, "Bad friggin' news." <laughs> and that's the first time I think I've heard "friggin'", friggin'? in a movie for a long time. I mean, I think of it as kind of something that you'd hear around here. Like, I hear people say "frig" all the time. Yeah. In the Atlantic provinces. Oh, so. But hearing, it, it kind of was like I felt a little swell of pride for a minute. I felt like our, our vernacular has made it out into the big world.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to keep it running tab. The first thing you liked about this had nothing to do with the story or the premise. No. But the uh, one word vocabulary choice.
0: Okay. Okay. The second thing was the monkey masks on the first bank robbery that occurred the the three bank robbers that yeah. were knocking over the um armored car they had these quite very realistic like uh simian masks mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know like one was a chimp one was like a baboon i can't remember if the other was a gorilla i think it was a gorilla but i was impressed those were nice masks so, okay once
1: again uh word choice uh, and mask quality
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. And this this is more of like you know I like words and um, <laughs> like Paragon. Who so so the two the two characters for those of you who haven't watched this the, the the father who's the the lead superhero his name is the Utopian. Yes. So his son is called his character name is Paragon. Which so I was like a paragon. Like I know that word, but I was unfamiliar with the actual definition, so I looked it up and it's it's the it's a lesser known synonym for the utopian. Mm-hmm. For utopia. Like a paragon. And it's like it's like a an ideal person. Yeah. But like it's less like it's you are th-
1: the the paragon of um I was gonna say mediocrity. That's not really fair. What is <laughs> I was trying to, mild mannerisms. You're the paragon of mildness. Yeah. Ugh, that's not a very good well, I, yeah, they're just blandness. Not blandness. I meant just pleasantness. <laughs> oh, there we go. Paragon of pleasantness. That's yes, your exactly. autobiography.
0: Okay, yeah. So just pleasant. But I'm not the utopian version. I'm not the ideal of pleasantness. I'm, I'm, a, so I'm a lesser ideal of pleasantness, perhaps. Well,
1: you're the son of pleasantness.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I like that play on words. I like the fact they did that. And I'm wondering if the dad actually named the son Paragon, because that's really just setting him up for failure because he's never going to reach what his dad is. He should have just called him Utopia Junior.
1: Yeah, it's like naming your
0: kid, Hi, richest kid. on Earth, (laughs) but still not as rich as I am. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and the only other thing I liked about this is uh, the concept of superheroes in a code. I mean, they go on and on about this code, which essentially is nonsense when you start to dig deep into it. (laughs) But the fact that a lot of these superhero movies that you watch, like these Marvel Cinematic Universe, the superhero is like... Uh, instilled with these powers, and uh-huh. it's kind of just left up to their own personality, how they're going to deal with these, you know? And we hope that they're a morally sound character and they're not just going to go off and kill everybody, which seems to be the only thing that separates them from supervillains. Yeah. So the fact that they have this code, so even though they may not be all the most savory characters, they've got this external code they're okay. living by. So they're not just being driven around like, you know, by like Batman by their own kind of personal code. They've got this overarching code, so... You know, I like the fact they tried to work that in there. Okay. No matter how awkwardly.
1: So, there was, yeah. So, we both had a thing we kind of liked about the general setup of the, the premise of the show. So, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, it wasn't utter garbage in that sense. But I am ready to talk about...
0: Oh, you mean Grumbles and Gripes? Dave and Justin's Grumbles and
1: Gripes. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let us talk about some of the stuff we did not like. Um, okay. Well we're on before you we, I'll let you get started, but before we get on, you you like word stuff, right? Word stuff. And yeah. here's there's one thing I know.
0: <laughs> I think that's what they is that the term they use? Yeah, that's a scientific term. Word yeah. stuff. Word stuff.
1: So um uh there was one scene in which the the daughter, the angry daughter, substance Chloe, abuse yeah. daughter, yeah. She said, um, why subject yourself to this every day? She said, Why subject yourself to this every day? Which is right. the wrong word. Yes, subject yourself to this with the stress on the second syllable. Exactly. Because otherwise it changes the meaning. Uh, And that's okay because that's just, you know, it's a line reading she happened to do slightly wrong. It happens totally normal. And then I'm like, oh. And so I just went into a deep dive. I'm like, how many words in English are actually (laughs) pronounced identically but for the stress which changes their meaning, right? And there are a absolute huge number of these words i never found the official linguistic term for them um there's so there are just there are literally so many of them combine combine yes and some of them do have slight vowel changes right so they in a way don't count like sometimes you will have a schwa that's put in at the front but uh but some of them are literally identical except for uh the stress yes Uh, complex complex like I, i like that's a that's a complex thing, or I live in a, you know, a, a complex of, a building complex, you know? Yeah. That's another one. Anyway, I, maybe I won't go through all of these words. People could just look it up online, but there are literally hun- hundreds of them. And I just, I was like, oh, I just got really excited by this linguistic phenomenon. So I ju- I, I'll just give you, I don't want I have a longish list, but I'm just going to give you the one thing. And maybe you agree with me on this that I think is... I probably do. <laughs> You don't say, no man, stand up for an oppositional viewpoint. Alright, whatever I say, you have to take issue with it and fight me over it. Okay. It's this. It's the the tone of it was confusing. Nonsense. Oh, see? Oh my god. I took that a little too seriously. I was not ready for that level of aggression. It was weird. Carry on, so okay. I'm sorry. So anyway. So the way that it is set up is a lot like the Incredibles. Do you remember the the animated film yeah the incredibles and in that you have this family of uh superheroes and it's not from any of the known universes this is not dc did not marvel yeah and yet it's clearly based on all of the you know 50s and 60s comics um that have give you superman or shazam or whatever um and so it was therefore obviously this was going to be a sort of commentary on those uh things and it was it was trafficking on all of the tropes and the archetypes of those things knowingly, because obviously this guy, you know, what's his name? Utopian is just Superman. Yeah, it's, it's, that's all. he He's clearly just that. Uh, so they know what they're doing and they know that we know that what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But the thing with the Incredibles is that it was very funny and clever. And they talk about like, you know, the no capes thing and all that sort of like everything is kind of a joke about what if you had this like family right. that got, you know. And so it was comical. Um, Whereas this is not funny. And it wasn't trying to be funny. It was deadly serious. (laughs) It was deadly serious and yet sort of trying to do commentary on superhero stuff. And I don't think you can do those two things. You can either do commentary about it or, you know what I mean? Or do a, a real serious superhero movie.
0: Well, that was one of my grumbles particularly is is what they instead of being funny and, and poking fun at these superhero tropes they tried to bring in this concept of wouldn't it be interesting to see what kind of dramas are involved in a superhero life
1: yeah. of, of a family
0: which is a kind of a neat idea but the dramas they brought in were so typical and boring if you took out the superhero part of it this show would be the most boring show on television like the worst crappy sitcom yeah, family channel thing you've ever seen well, It's like, is like the dad has high expectations of the kids, and one of them, one of them responds by just trying really hard and almost killing himself to please dad, and the other one responds by just throwing it all away. And I
1: agree, I, and I well that was also one of my things I noticed. It it felt like a '90s um, sort of serious dramedy. Uh, drama, uh, not even comedy. Yeah. Uh, in that, like, you had these very serious family issues that people were exploring in a heavy-handed kind of way. And you're right. It didn't feel like a superhero movie or a superhero thing at all. It felt like they really wanted that drama to come across as well, the Well, but thing. The,
0: the drama is boring. It's not even interesting <laughs> drama. It's just, like, really the most obvious low-hanging drama fruit you could imagine that a superhero <laughs> family would be having. Right? I know. It's like... Yeah, I am perfect, and my son is expected to be perfect. Somebody has well, to take over my mantle. It's well, so. But this
1: is my question, I have a legitimate question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that The main tension, that was the main tension, which is the son is not ready to yeah. take over the mantle, and obviously the daughter is not. But what are they ready for? They kept talking about not being ready, but I don't know what ready meant. Is it when he dies, he's the new best superhero? Because there's a ton of other superheroes out there. What is it that they're preparing him for?
0: I think, is he ready for a full blown, really bad gray beard <laughs> and maybe some really horrible hair dye and face uh. wrinkles? I'm not sure. I think it's that, is he ready to be perfect like his dad? And he'll never be ready because the dad views himself as the pinnacle of all great things in the world. It's,
1: <laughs> uh, uh, it's so weird, though. I. Uh without there being like a bar or an end goal that they let us know about yeah then all of these these phrases like you know it rang hollow like he's not ready but we don't know what you're preparing him for other than this concept of being like his dad which is just kind of lame
0: but Who? only the utopian knows what the bar is. Oh,
1: come on, utopia! This guy, I agree. Also, the 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 hair and the beard on that. <laughs> was guy. that
0: was that? Did you find that distracting? The first time I saw it, I was like, a, it was like a bad Saturday Night Live skit where they had like twenty yep. seconds to get somebody oh. into costume, and they just like <laughs> threw a gray wig on them and just like some really over the top pancake makeup yeah. and my, fake warts and stuff.
1: Yeah, because my guess is that in the comic itself, like it's quite. It looks fine, yeah. And then
0: they just tried to
1: replicate it. But you're right; it absolutely looks like they slapped it on between skits, and it 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 was distracting to me. I was distracted by his scarring or his age, or whatever they did to his face, the his beard, his hair, the other guy's beard, everybody's <laughs> facial hair threw me off to the point where I'm like, I don't believe this for a second. Right? This is, he looks silly, and it looks like he's wearing those. And the costumes look like Halloween costumes. <laughs> like and in an all white. I mean Superman at some point I had white, but like it's just it it looked it looks very silly.
0: Can I talk costumes for a second? Sure, please do. This part just threw me off. first of all Paragon, uh, Brandon, you know, who's doesn't wear a mask, doesn't have any real attempt to hide his identity obviously. They're these, you know, this is 2019. These guys are probably on every youtube video you can imagine their faces you know so everybody knows who they are he's sitting in a diner i guess trying to be incognito with you know his little with his hoodie on or yeah. whatever yeah watching the tv and then suddenly something happens you know i don't know he hears a, a armored truck being robbed somehow and he, he he tears up He he starts running down this Alley ripping his clothes off. Mm-hmm. So for starters, like, why isn't he just sitting there in the costume all the time? Everybody knows who this guy is. Yes,
1: there's no disguise necessary. There's no
0: disguise. Why is he ripping? And then he, I, we realize he's got a full cape. Like this is a full like neck to ankle cape. Yep. W- jammed into his clothing somehow. Like yeah, wouldn't that's that be not comfortable. horribly uncomfortable? Like you're walking around with. And where does it go? Does it go in your back Then you've got this enormous hunchback? Or do you just stuff it down your pants and yeah. it just looks like you've got this well, weirdly shaped behind? But I'm that's not what
1: sure. I, those are the kind of questions and jokes that The Incredibles was dealing with, right? Yeah. W- which I thought was great because that's, as a viewer of superhero stuff, you you have these questions. And it's funny when people talk about them, but they, they didn't address that. They just had him come out and rip off his clothes like Superman and didn't make a joke about it. And
0: I laughed hilariously because I thought it was funny (laughs) as hell. The fact he's running down. First, I'm like, okay, are you going to go back and get your clothes? Like, why are you even... Why not just, why even bother taking your clothes off? It doesn't help that you can fly. No. You know, I, you, can, you can fly no matter what. You could fight crime in a hoodie, really. Yeah. Why do you even need this ridiculous outfit? Well, yeah, why do any of them
1: have those out? Unless their superpowers are wearing clothes under other clothes and having it being comfortable.
0: That's a possibility. Which, is...
1: Which does, which brings me to a thing, Dave, that I'd like to do okay. involving you, if yeah. you don't mind. This is a new segment I'm calling. If, I love a new segment. If Dave were a superhero... So, um, first of all, I'm going to ask you some questions, okay? and then I'm going to have you read some dialogue, and then I'm going to edit this together into a superhero movie audio <laughs> clip trailer, as if Dave were star- starring in a superhero movie.
0: You're like a technical genius. I don't, I'm I don't not know how to... you do any of this stuff.
1: Okay, so first of all, why don't you go ahead and just read these lines as seriously the... as you can.
0: Is this this piece of paper you Yeah, had? I
1: handed you that piece of paper. Go ahead and read all these, and then I'll, I'll cut these into the trailer later. that's perfect thank you dave um so those
0: are all did you get the rooster in there as well yeah there
1: was a lot of rooster in the background yeah um so those are all taken from uh uh the black widow trailer um but now i'm gonna just i'm gonna figure out what your superhero uh uh, who you are as a superhero so i have to ask you these questions dave okay um if you had a power superhero power just one what would it be uh invisibility invisibility okay gross creepy um (laughs) next what would your superhero name be Uh, Windshield Windshield? Oh my god, okay Who is your number one superhero enemy, supervillain?
0: Uh, Dung Beetle Dung Beetle Okay, and what is your superhero weakness? Uh, I'm afraid of soap Afraid of soap,
1: okay So I'm gonna edit all these together (laughs) into a trailer starting now
0: You don't know everything about me
1: Windshield, you have to help them Please, please
0: I've lived a lot of lives.
1: I can't see him! I can't see him anywhere! anywhere. Anywhere. Windshield!
0: Before I was a hero, I made mistakes. What are
1: you doing? He's innocent! Help me, me Windshield! We
0: have to go back to where it all started. She doesn't love you, Windshield. She doesn't love you. We have unfinished business.
1: He's covered in soap! This isn't over, Windshield. They're coming for you, Windshield. Run, Windshield. It's
0: done, windshield. One thing's for sure.
1: Windshield!
0: I am done running from my past. All right, so you, Dave,
1: you haven't heard this trailer yet. You're only going to hear it when the podcast comes <laughs> uh, out. I so let's, let's hope that was good. I can't
0: wait. <laughs> Oh, can I, can I just touch on one thing here? Yep, please do. Uh, superhero fights. Uh Uh-huh. Are these just not just, okay, there's a, there's a few things here. Okay. The code complicates this for me. Yeah. Because these just are just long punch fests, right? Punch fests, exactly. They're just, all these people have different powers. Some have flaming fists. Some can like throw rocks with their body. I don't know. (laughs) But really all they're doing is just punching each other. Yeah. They're just punching. It's just like, it's just like punching each other. Yeah. Right, um, so if you, if this code dictates that you can't kill someone, yeah, are all these people just restraining themselves? They're just trying to knock this villain. So there's a fight scene where they're yeah. taking on this super villain. Yeah. There's like seven of them or eight, whatever, teaming up on this one guy. Are they just restraining themselves, just trying to knock this guy unconscious? Because yeah, and this, does the code dictate that you can like maim, injure, and like just? unleash incredible violence on somebody. However, you have to draw the line sharply at killing them. It's yes. And, and if you're drawing that line, are you drawing that line? Even if there's like an immediate threat to everyone in your group, not to mention like this one guy is like, that they're fighting dark heart he's got like an anti heart which yeah. i don't even know how that works no, but he's about to go they're gonna are they yell he's, he's going, going nuclear, nuclear. Yeah. so that begs a question if he's going nuclear that's not just going to kill all of you that's probably going to affect a lot of innocent bystanders so where does the code say it's okay when you have no other option than just to kill this guy because it seems like if anybody needs to needs some killing it's this guy right yeah. now
1: Look, I these are not utilitarian philosophers dave these are just a bunch of knuckleheads with superpowers they don't they haven't thought it through because i agree like because that he takes over the guy's mind and stops him from from doing anything and then they're like my he says my friends are gonna beat you up on the outside and so then they just start punching this poor guy and like you're right they have to reach a point where they've maimed him so much that he loses consciousness and that's okay as long as they don't kill him
0: which seems like a real weird code line and here's here's the thing about these rules of engagement that are just bizarre like so he's the utopian so are we to understand that the utopia of our dealing with people that we have conflict with Mm -hmm. is to just it's just a supercharged version of unleashing our most brutal basic primal desire to inflict pain and conquer people. Yes. Yes. In so that's, ut- that's that's that so this is where we this is this is the utopia. Yeah. This is the highest standard. Yes. You in know, let's perfect- not s- sit down and negotiate. Let's not no. like use our higher levels. Let's in just in the perfect beat world, him.
1: Dave. If you get cut off in traffic by a guy <laughs> You can go out, open up his door, and punch him until he loses consciousness, because that is what the code would dictate. That is moral perfection. That is the paragon of morality, is what that is. Dave. Oh, oh we're back to paragon. Anyway, hey, do I'll give. Do, do you have anything else you want to just get off your chest? No, I. I no, no, not really. I mean, uh,
0: okay. No. So, let's move on then. Okay. <laughs> to this, uh, this is our next segment called, This Scene Did Not Need to Be There. This didn't need to be in there. Why, oh, why did they include this scene? This didn't need to be in there. Tell me, what were they thinking? Uh, I have a
1: candidate. Do you have a
0: candidate? A, a scene? I do. Why don't you go? I I just ranted for a minute, so okay. you go
1: ahead. So this is a scene that I think should be not in, have been included, because I didn't like it or I, and contributed nothing. And the scene that I picked was the one where they're sitting around the dinner table. And then he says, let's say grace. And then it is like, everyone grab hands and let's say grace. And I'm like, Oh, this, I had a lot of thoughts in that moment. Like, Oh, how are they going to square the fact that they have superpowers with Christianity, Like, how does that fit into, like, the <laughs> theological world where there is, you know, there is a, a specific Christian God that they believe in, and yet they have powers that are, like, Jesus-style powers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like, this is going to be some weird meta-commentary on, r- r- you know, religion. But I don't think it was. I just no. think it was trying to show, like, he's a wholesome family man. And then I'm like, uh-oh, wait, wait, wait. Does that mean whoever made this was, like, a, a fundamental Christian and they're like, I'm, and they decided we're going to take this, uh, superhero stuff and we're going to Christianize it and show what it means to be a good Christian. And then I'm like, Oh no. And so then I started Googling. I'm like, who's in charge of this? Are we going to have to do, like, I was worried it was going to be like <laughs> Kirk Cameron. You remember Kirk Cameron? Who's, yeah. who was, and now he's just making all these like, uh, super Christian movies. And like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is that what I'm looking at? And then I was nervous. And then I, I lost five minutes Googling. I'm like, no, I just think they're just randomly saying grace and it has no yeah. Point to it. And then I realized, like, oh, it, it means nothing. They just were saying grades are at a table. And then I'm like, well, that was a waste of my time and life. And I, that should, scene shouldn't have been in there at the end.
0: So, Justin, I think the thing that we've learned here is we both just dramatically overthought this entire thing.
1: <laughs> oh, that's exactly. I think.
0: Because like, I had the same thought. I was like, okay, what is going on here? And I was thinking, okay, well, that, it's a throwback because we have to keep being reminded that, oh, yeah, this guy was an adult mm-hmm. you know like a 30 something year old man in 1929 so he's got this set of morals mm-hmm. like pre world war 2 set of morals yeah and he's brought those into the you know the present yeah. so you know we need to be reminded and it's the counter with the so like that's the code and then that's the counter to the, like the kids just want to unleash whatever on yeah. the world right because they can so I just yeah I was but I, I just it, yeah it, you're it, I was right. confused. I, I was like, why are we saying grace? I don't know. Yeah, so that scene didn't need to be in there. What scene did you think didn't need to be in there? The scene when Brandon is up on the roof. Oh, this is the Paragon. He's thinking and drinking. It, like his his <laughs> uncle flies up onto the roof yep. or whatever. I guess this is this is just like an old like a like a family matters type of moment. You know <laughs> where we're all just. But. The, You know, where the uncle, you'd think the uncle's just going to put his arm around him and say, listen, you know, you know, I know you're feeling, give him a little pep talk, but that doesn't even really happen. So I think it's just a setup to, because at the end of that scene is Brandon goes, what was dad like when he was a younger guy? So that gives us a setup to go back to like 1929. But other than that, it was just like, he didn't really receive any... Any anything from his uncle. It was just like, we're up on the roof, and I feel bad, and my uncle is just sitting there with this really bad, gray face beard. beard. Ugh. <laughs>
1: God. It introduced two things, the fact that the uncle could fly, and then he had stupid facial hair. That's what the whole scene was about.
0: Yeah, and then this guy is the paragon, He's trying to become the utopian, and he fires a beer bottle into the woods. Yeah, or like he just fires it off the roof. Was he doesn't it into care. the woods? It could have been onto the street. He could have hit a kid. He there could have been kids down there playing. He didn't care. He, didn't he care. could have hit a squirrel. He could have hit any kind of you know.
1: You know why? Because he doesn't. He hasn't found the code.
0: That's a refundable, recyclable piece of material, paragon. Yeah. So
1: In, see, environmental ideals. <sighs> It's yeah. just not part of this movie. Anyway,
0: we could have clipped that whole scene and just did a cutaway to like 1929.
1: I so. agree. Speaking of that, what um, we should introduce the next segment which is the opposite of this, which is <sighs> this is
0: a scene I wish I was in.
1: I wish I was in that scene It's really freaking cool, yeah really freaking cool I wish I was in that scene Don't you So, uh, uh, the scene that I wish I was in was the one that they cut to right after this, where they're in the office, mm-hmm. and they're talking about, first of all, the steel industry. Give me an effing break. Like, such a Superman <laughs> reference as to be...
0: Uh, I never uh, thought of that. Oh, my the God. The man of me,
1: steel. It made me laugh out loud. Like, we made steel. Come on. F... That's what I mean. Like, they're being so serious about it. It's... Uh, anyway, I just... The office that they were in, with all the like the little, the little rollaway desk there, and yep. then I'm like... Um, I wanted to be in that scene because they had real cool suits. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I like twenty twenty one, Dave. We don't dress up like this. You don't have a pinstripe suit on right now. No, I can but see. we should. If this was a hundred years ago. Oh, I would have. Yeah, we would be broke. This whole and... podcast we'd be doing in pinstripe suits. Yeah. And that's the wingtip way... shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there are times when I think we are just not dapper enough as a society. And that I actually was Googling the other day, like how to become a gentleman farmer. <laughs> so that, I'm like, because like, you're, I've got like <laughs> gentle, like I've got garlic and chickens and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know what? When I, when I go out to farm, I should put on like, you know, A suit,
0: like a gentleman (laughs) farmer's suit. Go down to the co-op and see if they've got what they've got in their selection of farming suits.
1: I don't think they have farming suits. (laughs) Nobody wears, that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to get up in the morning and when I go to, like, you know, get the eggs from the chickens and give them their breakfast, I want to be the feeling
0: like I should be in a suit. Okay, so you're not talking about, like, a set of Big B overalls. No, no, no. And a pair of, like, manure covered rubber boots. You're talking about like an actual like a tweed.
1: A a, a tweed like, you know, like you know, late late 1800s like an Irish like in of those crappy Irish movies where they're like there's a sheep farmer but he's yeah. got a tweed hat and a tweed, you know, vest. Yeah, he's like
0: wandering the field. He's got his like his classes his little border collie with him.
1: That's what I want to be.
0: I want to be that guy. That's a Okay. a gentleman farmer. Well, there's nobody saying you can't. Well, I I did, you know, I don't well, now that I know this, I'm going to get you a tweed jacket. I want, I want a farming a farmer's suit. Yeah, you're not going to find that on the internet. I'm not going
1: to find that at the co op. Anyway, so that's hilarious. So that's the scene I wanted to be in because I okay, want an well,
0: excuse. You, my friend, are so, so fortunate today because okay. Good. I, uh-huh. okay, let me just set this up by I happen to know that. Uh, that the first time I met you or the first time I saw you, uh-huh. you were in a radio play. Okay. Um playing um George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life.
1: That's correct.
0: <laughs> which I was like, "Wait, who is this guy? This guy is like a doppelganger for George Bailey." Oh god. I was so so uh taken aback. So, of course, with this show, there's a scene from 1929, the stock market is crashing, and I immediately thought of It's a Wonderful Life as you do. <laughs> And that, of course, made me immediately think of you. So in this, my segment is not a scene so much I want to be in. This is a scene that I want you to be in, Okay. but as George Bailey Okay. from It's a Wonderful Life. So what I've done oh. is I've taken some dialogue from the scene um, where they find out the stock market has crashed. huh. And I've also, so I've taken some of Walt's dialogue, who's the brother, and I've taken some of George Bailey's dialogue from the actual script from *It's a Wonderful Life*, and I've kind of interwoven them. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <clears throat> so I hope you've practiced your George I, Bailey impression. I haven't done this in
1: years. Okay, I'm gonna have okay. to hope. Oh God, I don't know if it's gonna be any good. I apologize.
0: So, let me to set this up. So, uh, George, so I, I'm I'm calling you George because now we've taken we've taken uh, the utopian character completely out, and we've replaced him with George okay. Bailey. So. George has just found out the stock market has crashed from frantic people on the street. He rushes up to the office to find his brother and the rest of the office in a turmoil. It's down another two and a quarter. Shit. Get Greenwald on the line at National First. Just get someone on that damn blower. Wait. Where, where have you been? Oh, we just heard. How bad is it? How bad does it look? Wall Street just melted down and burned a hole to the center of the earth. Oh, now. no. Now just, now, just just remember this thing. It's not
1: as black as it appears. I have some news for you folks. I've talked to old man Potter, and he's guaranteed cash payments at the bank.
0: What in the hell are you talking about? Our stock is in the toilet. Don't you get it? Ah, oh, but no, no. You're thinking of this
1: place all wrong. It's as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the, the money's not here. Your money's in Joey's house. R- right next to yours. And, and the Kennedy house. And, and Miss Macklin's house. And a hundred more. Why... You're lending them the money to build, and then they're going to pay it
0: back to you the the best they can. What are you going to do? Foreclose on them? Have you never spent five seconds learning how this steel company works? For Christ's sake, our stock is useless, and we have no capital or even petty cash to pay out the workers. George reaches into his pocket and pulls out two rumpled bills.
1: Oh, We made it! Look! We're still in business! We got two bucks left!
0: You're an absolute moron. Just get up on the roof and get dad. He went up for a smoke. It's clear on the brains here. Oh, George Bailey. Yep. I George don't even Bailey. know if that was a good
1: George Bailey impression. That was a great George Bailey. So you dusted it off. It sounded good. Oh, man. Okay. Well,
0: I'll, yeah. so I think George would have turned that whole thing around. They could have just stopped it right there. <laughs> he had the two bucks. You know, they could have kept it. <laughs> could have saved the old steel company. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know what, in a way, thank
0: you, Dave, for putting me in that scene. Because now, <laughs> now... Now you had to imagine yourself in like a three-piece suit and some wing-back shoes, you know, uh, or wingtip shoes, whatever they're called. <laughs> wing-back shoes.
1: Yeah, I got a pair of wing-back shoes. They're really comfortable. <laughs> and they're just, all velvet. Oh, oh my that was anyway, fun. Thank, thank you, Dave. Thank you for giving that to me, that present. No problem, no problem. So... Uh, did you have any trivia for this? i d- I didn't look up very much, so I really am going to lean on you. The only thing I will say um is that the act the actor, the woman who played um uh, Lady Liberty, yes, um she's in, been in a bunch of stuff. She's a famous actor named Leslie Bibb. Mm-hmm. She played Carly, the wife of Ricky Bobby in Talladega Night. <laughs> Which, for some reason, is a movie I keep going back to because there's so many funny, stupid lines. And I'm like, why do I know uh, her? Why do I know her? I'm like,
0: oh, yes. That is a hilarious movie. I don't know. There's so many good lines oh, in that movie. so
1: dumb, but I love it.
0: It is. Yeah, anyway, yeah, the... I'll
1: take anything with Will Ferrell. Oh, which reminds me, Dave. Um, uh, you, did you see the movie Eurovision with Will Ferrell? No. Okay. Well, first of all, that's a sad tragedy. I, I'm a, <laughs> I am a absolute huge... Um, Eurovision fan? Yeah. Eurovision, you know the Yes, I know about you. Yes. Okay. Okay. And um, and Eurovision, the final is happening next Saturday. Oh. Okay. So the next time we report re- record this podcast, it will have happened. You can watch it on live on YouTube, no matter where you are in the world, and I would highly recommend it. If you're not familiar with Eurovision, it is the most amazing, ridiculous song contest on planet Earth, uh, and the acts are are. Uh, every country uh, should I be explaining Eurovision? Okay, I give you a ten second Eurovision explanation. Every country in Europe um, will uh, send a musical act that they choose to this final contest, and then everybody gets to vote on what their favorite one is. And the acts are filled with absolutely bizarre and insane and hilarious and not ironic, just ridiculous over the top musical acts. Uh,
0: and it's great. So what would you say the watch watchership viewership of it, this is in Europe?
1: Pretty much everyone. It is the most watched entertainment event on planet Earth. Holy only, smokes. only a couple sporting events beat it. Wow! Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's great, huh? Anyway, Eurovision, fantastic, love it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's great. What am I talking about? Will Ferrell. Oh, Will Ferrell <laughs> was in Eurovision the movie, um, which I thought was great. If you like Eurovision, watch that. It's funny. Plus, there was the the song. One of the songs that they sang was Oscar nominated this year.
0: Holy smokes! I know. Anyway.
1: Uh, sorry, Dave, I interrupted and derailed this whole conversation because Eurovision is happening this Saturday.
0: Well, that's it's probably that you know, I'm glad you derailed it because there's really no exciting trivia about this show, and <laughs> that was probably more interesting than what I have to say.
1: Oh, so. well, what was your trivia? Do you have none?
0: Well, just the fact uh, it was shot in Toronto. Oh, is yeah, that exciting? I don't think so. You know what? I that's think pretty much sh- everything is shot in yeah, Toronto. We should just assume every
1: show is shot in Toronto, and then yeah. the trivia will be hey, did you know that this wasn't shot in Toronto?
0: So they used a lot of Canadian actors, I think, which is probably good. Just probably due to COVID, being shot in Toronto, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, So good for Canada, I guess. Um, I read somewhere this is like Netflix's response to this adult-themed superhero genre, which is a new thing. Yeah. Um, Like The Boys, I think, is on um, Amazon, which is kind of a gory adult-y type take on superheroes. Yeah. Like more of a cynical, harder kind of view, same like Deadpool, that yes. kind of thing. I
1: love Deadpool, by the way.
0: Yeah, no, it was great because that's exactly because the reality is that's what would happen if you had superpowers. Yeah, I think people would just turn in. I think at, eventually, without a code, you would turn to your most basic in, <laughs> instincts, and you'd start to, you know, exploit your power. Yeah, for your own good. Yeah, and Deadpool. Yeah, it's a good gritty take on what would happen, and it also.
1: It is making commentary on the sh- superhero genre like The Incredibles in a funny way and yet st- telling a compelling story. So that is how you balance those two things. I just... If you're not... If you're being so serious about things, it has to be real, real good or it's going to be looking... It's going to be dumb. Yeah. And this was just on just on the wrong side of that, I think.
0: This was trying to be this is us, but mm. superheroes. Mm-hmm. And But it didn't have any of the depth of this is us and it also... Was just kind of a ridiculous superhero thing. Yeah. Thought, so anyway, Dave, are you going to keep watching it? Yeah, I watched the second episode because here's the other thing about this: is they tried. They, you know, most superhero films they get the origin story. Either the the first film is about the origin story or whatever. The origin story is very important. Or they there they get it out of the way in the first fifteen minutes. um This, I wanted to know how did these guys get superpowers? Did the depression give them superpowers? Mm-hmm, I wanted mm-hmm. to know. Um, So I watched the second episode and they didn't tell me. So then I just said, screw this and Googled it.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, see, don't tell me. Yeah, because I watching it. Yeah. As much as like, I'm like, "Ugh, it's a little too serious and not funny enough. uh, I'm still always interested in those questions, those narrative questions. And they didn't, they specifically left everything open. How do people get their superhero powers? Why are there so many superheroes? Who are the bad guys? And I want to know the answers to those questions from a world building perspective. And it wasn't bad. And it wasn't so bad that I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I I'm interested. So I might actually do exactly what you did, which is keep watching until I get some answers.
0: Yeah, cuz I think they that's intentional because they yeah. probably knew that this whole narrative of of grumpy numb millennial girl and, you know, son who can never meet, you know, measure up to dad isn't going to carry the show. So they needed to have something to keep people watching till the end. Yeah. So you can probably be guaranteed they won't give you the origin story to the last episode.
1: Well, at which point good job yeah they know they know they can hook folks like us
0: so you're gonna watch all eight probably
1: i don't know i might watch it at double speed that's a thing i do sometimes yeah um we i just watched uh what was that movie wild mountain time wild mountain time it was not very good, and so I watched it on double time. And I just I feel better about it. I'm like, well, I mean, I need to like I need to know how things end. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a total. Obsessed
0: with it. I am totally a narrative guy. I need to know. If I, you if you create a question, I need the answer. Exactly. And I'm either going to find it by Googling it, or if I have the patience and you trap me enough, I'll probably keep watching. But this one didn't really trap me enough. Yeah. And I just said, screw it. I'm just going to read it all right episode synopsis
1: but you got to know i get it i get it i got to scratch that itch okay well um, all right oh wait well now we have now comes the point yeah let's see what's next okay i have now officially looked up what is number one on netflix on planet earth right now hit me with it it is a movie it is called the woman in the window
0: the woman in the window the
1: woman in the window
0: okay so that is officially i hope that's on netflix canada (laughs) I think I saw that. I okay. think I saw not that I, I saw it. I think I saw that on. It's in the top uh, few in Canada as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we are part of the world, so that makes sense.
1: Are we though? Anyway, um, so we will be watching Dave and I, The Woman on the World. Please join us in watching this movie so that we can all think about it and complain about it together. Yep. Next week. Um. So thank you for joining us, everyone. Thanks a lot. And uh, we'll catch you next time. And see you later. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you can do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. You can also support the show on Patreon and in exchange, Dave and I will be your best friends forever. And you'll get access to our bonus segment, Dave and Justin Have Some Thoughts, where Dave and I answer our Patreon supporters advice questions, we do a a real good job. Check us out on Patreon.com whyarepeoplewatchingthis Why Are People Watching This. Why Are People Watching This is hosted and produced by me, Justin Gregg, and Dave Lawrence. The silly theme music you hear is written and recorded by me with help from my amazing and talented wife. Why Are People Watching This is a production of Outside the Lines Press with support from the Black Box Collective and Anaganish Improv.